Hello, and welcome back to Why Not Here. This is a Toronto-based podcast getting to know different artists in the city. My name is Quincy. I am hosting alone today, so I'm going to make this introduction short and sweet because uh, it feels weird sitting here talking to myself. <laughs> also, it's like 1.30 in the morning because uh, I'm a masochist. No, <laughs> I'm an artist. Why, why do we always want to create in the middle of the fucking night? Why can't we just be normal people? Why am I the most productive between like 1 and 3 in the morning? I don't know. Is it because the whole world's asleep? Is it because I hate myself? The jury's out. (laughs) Anyways, uh, this is episode two. I'm super excited. If you listened to episode one, thank you very much. Uh, If this is your first time listening, welcome. Uh, I guess I'll explain the concept super quick. Basically, I just want to get to know different artists within the GTA. So uh, that could be people... you know, involved in film, people involved in music, theater, comedy, visual arts, fashion, photography, any of it really. I'm a very curious person and I started to realize a trend of different artists in this area in Toronto. Um, you know, we, we, we love being here, but it seems like when you leave is when you made it you know Uh, and no one really knows about a lot of these people until they do leave and make it elsewhere you know be it Atlanta New York LA wherever they end up Uh, so I just kind of want to get to know these people their lives their unique experience uh, in the arts and specifically you know within the arts community here in Toronto and just kind of talk about you know what the benefits are to being here and what motivates them to either want to leave or stay and and some people I talked to have left uh not this guest I'm gonna introduce her real quick but just get some um you know get some some admin out of the way why why the fuck not I'm sorry uh you can skip this you know there there is a if you're on Spotify or if you're on uh, Google Podcasts, there's that like skip ahead button go for it um <laughs> if you don't already please follow us at why not here podcast on Instagram. Uh, In the bio, you can find our Anchor FM link, which is where you'll find all the links to listen to us. So we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Spotify, uh, Radio Public, Pocket Casts. uh, We're working on more, of course. And then we're also on Stitcher. You can't find that link through Anchor FM, but if you're on Stitcher, you can just search up Why Not Here. You will find us. And that's the free version, not the premium. So if you're a starving artist like myself, you don't need to worry about that. We got you. Um, fun fact, we also have an email address. It's why not here podcast at gmail.com. Please use it. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have any questions for myself or any future guests uh, that I may have, maybe you have questions about comedy you have questions about the music industry I can't answer those questions but I know people who can so um send them my way Uh, are you interested in being a guest reach out I would probably love to talk to you um so definitely do that if there's any guests that you would love to hear from specifically either a specific person definitely recommend them uh, or a specific type of artist that maybe you haven't heard from yet give us that recommendation we'll start looking (laughs) I'm pretty blessed to have a lot of different artists and different kinds of artists within my immediate circle and this podcast has just been a wonderful excuse to reconnect with those people and catch up with them and talk to them and at the same time give them a platform to allow other people to get to know them and realize how special they are the way I do um that was cheesy as fuck but (laughs) Without further ado, I would love to introduce this week's guest. Her name is Danny Romero, and she's a crazy talented actress. I met her while in school at Humber College. She was the year above me, and I looked up to her so much. Like, it's really funny because she's younger than me, but um, yeah, she was definitely a mentor figure to me and someone who I really admired and looked up to as a person and as an artist. So I had like the biggest friend crush on her and then I think after I graduated is when like I actually finally asked her to hang out and she said yes and I was like oh my god (laughs) I'm gonna hang out with Danny. Um, 
<laughs> she's gonna listen to that and be like yo this bitch is crazy uh, <laughs> anyways danny is um an immigrant she did grow up in mexico city until the age of 13 at which point she moved to canada so we do get into that a little bit about her experience trying to fit in as a you know young teenage girl which is hard enough as it is and then also coming from a completely different culture uh, so we talk about that we talk about you know being an actress in a pandemic uh, which is pretty awesome um, <laughs> all sorts of things she's really interesting person super intelligent uh, she is represented by Amy Hines at Hines Management and recently starred in a short film called Love for Hire by Chris DiStallo. He's actually another Humber grad. I don't know him personally, but I would love to. So um, maybe we'll get him on here one day. Uh, it's a dark comedy. It's hilarious. I'm going to put the link in the bio. I think that's it. So <laughs> without further ado, I am very, very excited to introduce all of you to my dear friend, Danny Romero. Hello, Danny. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> ah, thanks for being on. It's so good to see your face through a screen. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I'm really excited. I watched uh, your the short film you starred in last night. Yeah. Uh, Love for Hire. It yeah. was, I, I don't want to say too much because it's going to ruin it, but it was phenomenal. You were so great. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I actually... Uh, when I was doing that film, I had I was like having like an existential crisis. So like <laughs> I like looking back on it, I'm like I hate my performance. I thought that the what? actor, yeah, I hated it. The, I thought the actor was a uh, um, his name is Massimo. I thought he mm -hmm. was really great. Um, he was really funny on set. Like he was just yeah. a hilarious person in general. But yeah, I, looking back, I don't, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> but I feel, I feel like, like that everyone happens. hates their own work. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, like, I usually, I'm usually pretty good about not hating what I do. Like, I can usually appreciate it, but there's just something about it. I think it's because I just kind of got stuck on the idea that the character was a, um, a sociopath. Mm -hmm. uh, which we talked a lot about, and I researched it, and I was, like, thinking about it a lot. And I just kind of, like, had the idea of, like, oh, well, she's kind of pragmatic. Like, she doesn't really show her emotions a lot unless it's something that's directly affecting her. So mm -hmm. I felt like it was kind of flat and, like, energyless. <laughs> I definitely didn't feel that way watching it. I think it's – we talked about this so much with, like, Christina of, like, falling into the trap of the character and, like, yeah. Dixie, too. Um, and it's uh, – I, I, I see that the trap is there, but I don't think you fell into it. Um, but I guess like everyone has their own different opinion. I mean, I think uh, I think it's tricky playing a sociopath, but I, <laughs> I did see your emotions and it was almost, um, I think because of the style of the film, it really worked because you were not very much like a real person, but yeah. I mean, none of the characters are really like real people. Yeah, totally. So it was kind of it was it was not like the realism that I normally see in your acting but it, it <laughs> completely fit the genre in this case okay cool well I, I'm glad to know that you feel that way <laughs> <laughs> the the Quincy Mutter film review uh <laughs> yeah no I'll take it I'll take it <laughs> so what else have you been working on um honestly not a lot um for the past year um i guess with everything going on with every everything yeah um, i've sort of had i've sort of had some time to kind of like have more i guess life experience and like think about because i mean at the end of the day when you're an actor um life experience is one of the biggest things that can even help you become a better actor so i feel like everything that i've gone through for this past year and I think everybody else mm -hmm. um, I think I am a better actor for it but I haven't had the chance to work on a lot of things I haven't uh, I haven't been on set since I was on that film and that was around a year ago um, but uh, I've had a lot of auditions um, luckily and thankfully because of I think because of COVID probably that's probably the reason why I've had so many more 
um, a mm. lot of self-tape stuff, of course, because um, that's where the industry is heading. But yeah. Oh. Can I ask how you feel about self-tapes? <laughs> yes. I have a lot to say about self-tapes. <laughs> um, oh my god. Uh, honestly, I, I love self-tapes for one part. I do. I do. I am a very nervous auditioner. Um, oh, I, okay. I am the type of person that will like really... Uh, can I swear? yeah of course okay I will will really fuck up like my opportunity like it can happen a lot for me like I will get Mm. in my head or so for that sense I feel like I've been producing really great auditions because I've been able to stay at home but my problem is also (laughs) that I am a perfectionist and so I will I will over I will (laughs) work it it takes forever it yeah. takes forever. It takes forever. It's, I don't know how people say like, oh yeah, like I, I did an audit, like I self tape in an hour. Like it takes me four hours to do a, a self tape that probably has like five lines, and yeah, you know, or whatever. Like it just takes me a long time because I am very self critical. Mm-hmm. So I think like on one hand, like I'm so thankful I have the opportunity to like be picky about that because I, I know exactly what I'm presenting it's polished yeah. it's what I want but on the other hand I feel like I it can really mess with my self-esteem I guess yeah uh, I because feel that. because of how because of how much I overwork things I've gone a lot better thankfully at uh at um self-tapes um thankfully but I, I le- take a lot less time than I used to, but yeah, that's sort it's of how I feel It's a very different it. format. Yeah. How do you feel it's about a, them? I hate them. Yeah. I hate them so much. <laughs> and I'm trying to be in this place where I'm just like grateful for all the opportunities, mm-hmm. but like I live alone. The yeah. struggle of trying to self-tape when you live alone during a pandemic is yeah. so fucked because we're like... We're only supposed to see your bubble family or whatever, right? Um, and I, I mostly try and do that. Um, my bubble is my best friend and her boyfriend. But, you know, we're both working people. And sometimes I can't see her for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And, like, I need to see someone because I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Um, but I think they take for granted that, like, people tend to live with someone else. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's, like, it's a whole production I have to set up. Uh, like obviously my you know tripod ring light camera well phone totally. camera and then I have to set up like a separate stand to hold my laptop I have to like coordinate someone to video call to read yeah. for me deal with any sort of lag that might exist that way um it's like and it can it's be, a whole process it is a whole process I can only yeah I've done I've done a, like a, that kind of uh, system before uh, when I was I was quarantining with my mom last year for a couple mm. months and I had a couple auditions then, and I had my sister help me out with a with an audition. And yeah, it, I think it's just it's kind of that artificial thing that you like. You're trying to like act like somebody's in the room, but they're not. Like it, it can mm-hmm. really mess with your whole thing. But I, on the other, I know what you mean. But on the other hand, I think like even like I live with my boyfriend, and I feel like sometimes I I don't want him to feel like he needs to help me all the time because then that's also another yeah. pressure on him you know so that's the other yeah. side of it is like um, but he's there in a pinch he's there of course he's there so I'm I'm super thankful for that because I totally yeah. agree and, and also because we've been doing so many self-tapes together like we sort of have a system now uh more so it's getting better at it to. yeah it's yeah. getting better yeah so that's something I literally like I think this was two weeks ago I could not I got a self-tape on such short notice and I'm like I'm still working I'm working from home yeah so I had like less than 24 hours notice I had to work that evening I worked 4 to 12 30 yeah so uh, I had to work and then like the self-tape was due the next morning basically uh I think like 9 or 12 or something but basically yeah. I was like with how late I'm working there's no way I can get up early and like produce a good version of this yeah and I couldn't find anyone to read for me on such short notice I my mom had to sneak like she left her job for like 10 minutes called me from her parking lot at work um like I didn't even have video 
<laughs> and she just like read for me that way. I still video called her like she could see me, but I couldn't see her. Right. Um, but it was like it was such a struggle. And then I kind of I almost liked it, though, because we only had 20 minutes. So I was yeah. like, I'm it like, I, I can't pressure on. <laughs> yeah, I can't sit here and do this for two hours like I normally would. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got to do the best I can do in 20 minutes. But that's what I like about in person. I would so much rather yeah. just show up and like I'm good under pressure. I think I'm better under pressure. You know what? I I feel <laughs> the same way. Um, I I can produce like I I, ha- I can't produce a good audition under pressure. I'm not like I'm not gonna say I don't, but I I have in the past been real like so scared that I I don't know what happens and I just I don't do mm. well. But but you yeah, have to trick yourself into not caring. Yeah, I mean, it's gotten better, interestingly enough, even though I've had less in-person auditions. And I think it's because I've had so much more experience to kind of like, and mm. um, had much more of an uh, an ability to, um, I don't know, get myself in, a, in the right mindset before going into the room. Yeah, Because I that's think that's something important. that I we didn't learn in college, um, which I really wish yeah. we had was like, how to prepare for an audition because we didn't really learn that right um we learned how to create an amazing scene and create create you know um dynamic characters but we didn't learn how to prepare for an audition you know i i would argue we at least that's how i I think you weren't a fan of this class as much i think a lot of people weren't but the audition class yeah i do think that as much as like I got really frustrated of like why are we spending so much time at the beginning of this class um I understood it to be like okay you're creating a ritual and I didn't necessarily uh follow the ritual that we did in class but it put it into my head so like ever since even in college when I was auditioning for student films it was like I had figured out what worked for me Mm -hmm. and I try and I would do that before auditions but I'm realizing now I did not carry that over to self-tapes. Like, if I'm going in person, I do my ritual. And now I'm like, when I self-tape, I'm like, all right, let's fucking let's set this shit up and get it done. <laughs> let's get it over and done and over with. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> do you have, um like, a, a ritual you do kind of before you start to get in the zone? Um, I mean, I think things have changed a lot. Like, before, I think I would try to really kind of like put on something you know like I was just like oh I really want to get ready I really want to like I would even um I mean this is something that's pretty cool and I still do it sometimes but um if I would get a um like as soon as I got a character um Mm -hmm. uh, or sorry a breakdown or um a scene or whatever I would of course read the scene read what everything's about and then I would make a playlist with music that Mm -hmm. I felt the character would listen to that's so cool yeah i love so that I, I still do that a lot um i f- i really like that because i i mean i i grew up in a very musical home my dad's a musician my whole yeah. family is artists and i feel like i don't know i really i i feel like music really tends to evoke a feeling regardless so yeah i actually did that for for um love for hire for nikki i made a, a made a playlist and i we actually what was on her on playlist set. Uh, honestly it was really random um (laughs) it was like a lot of different things there's some um I can bring it up I can show you I can let you know what I had I have a bunch of uh yeah like so I just named the playlist the character's name and then like uh make a playlist with songs and again it's not necessarily like songs that they would even necessarily listen to but songs that would kind of get me in the mood for that character yeah. Um, so I used to do that a lot, um, and it's still helpful, but it's not something that I exclusively do. Um, and I think that's just really like, unique, though. I've never heard like of someone doing that. That's so cool. Yeah, I don't know. I think I don't know how did you come up with that. the idea? <laughs> I don't remember. I think it's just something that came pretty naturally to me. Like I, I gra- gravitate towards music to feel. So I think mm-hmm. that's just the reason why. Um, so I did that. Um, I also, I don't, did you ever hear or um, like did Peter, um, um, 
Mikhail. <laughs> did he ever the famous uh, the famous yeah the wonderful he uh, did he ever uh talk to you guys about the voice intensive uh no but mm, you know yeah. our year i think yeah. uh <laughs> <laughs> um there was like a few things that i know like just from speaking to teachers after school um i know that my year missed out on because of like the people who did not take it seriously and did not uh respect the process and it's like yeah my attitude is like even if you don't take it seriously for yourself like at least create an environment where those who are taking it seriously can still get everything that they need out of it Mm -hmm. and that's not to say I I I got a lot out of school and like I will always say like Humber changed my life and I'm so glad I did it yeah totally but I do know that they they ruined some things for us like we never did the animal <laughs> exercise with christina um and i think mm-hmm. peter like god help him like and i remember having like a, i think I, we had a conversation about this too of like he just can't get to as far with us as like he would have liked yeah um yeah i know what you mean i i um i i i felt that from a lot of your uh, I guess mm-hmm. the generation, I don't know uh, what you would call it, but uh, that's what they call it in Mexico. They say it's a generation, like a class or whatever, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's just funny because I'm older than you and you're like technically generation, like, go generation. Yeah. you're a generation up. I don't school. mean it like in generation of like age. I think yeah, yeah. More like, yeah. I know, I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, um, so from year one, I finished year one, um, and Peter, uh, reached out to me and he said like, Hey, so there's this, um, thing, it's called the voice intensive. It's exactly, it's like an intensive of the work that we've been doing in class. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think you should take it. I think it would be really beneficial to you. It's really expensive, but because I'm going to give you like a, uh, like recommendation, we'll, we'll give you like a, basically, um, uh, they gave me like, uh, what's the word for it? <laughs> a, like a scholarship? Grant? Not, a yeah, credit. like a scholarship for it. Cool. Um, so I still paid a lot of money. It was like still over a thousand dollars. But luckily and like thankfully, my mom and like my family helped me out with that. But I, I so I ended up taking that course between. Um, it was a four three week intensive, mm-hmm. uh, and it was between year one of uh, AFTV and year two. So I did that, and that was probably one of the most um, necessary things that I, Mm -hmm. and helpful things that I ever did for my acting. Um, It was heartbreaking, it was eye-opening, it was so many things, and I think partly it was because um, at the time, I ended up, um, uh, it was in Toronto, so I needed to like live there, so I ended up mm-hmm. uh, renting a, um, a subletting a room, and uh, I ended up being there by myself. And that was the first mm-hmm. time I'd ever lived by myself or even yeah. had the experience of that. And we would have like insanely intensive kind of like voice uh, exercises, and like it was from seven a.m. until I think like six p.m. So it was almost twelve hours <sighs> of intense work, and then I would go home yeah. and be by myself. And when you're doing a lot of exploratory work with your, with acting and with your body and like, just like thinking about the past and like, it was really, really difficult for me. It was a very difficult time, but I think like, yeah, it was an, it was so informative, um, for, it sounds like a spiritual experience. It really was. It really yeah. was. And it was for, I mean, I think it was three weeks, but it felt like it was a year. Like it felt like it was yeah. so long because it was every day. I think we only had one day off a week. So it was every I day. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine doing, uh, yeah. That well, even like, I remember Peter's class, like, I mean, that was, was how long, like an hour and a half. And yeah. I came out and I'm like, I feel like I yeah. just ran an emotional marathon (laughs) Uh uh-huh imagine having that but be um, all day six days a week almost 12 hours a day six days a week oh my god it broke me (laughs) yeah but it also um yeah I don't know I learned so much from that and that's something that I I wish I would have I still think I sort of took it for granted like if I were to go Mm. back I think I would 
if I were to, and I've heard people, like, I, there were people there who, it was, like, their third time taking that course because they loved it so much. Wow. I um, would love to. Yeah, they, it still happens. I'll, I'll definitely uh, give you the info I about mean, I'd it. I'd rather do um, it when we can do it in person. Yeah, I don't know yeah. If, like, how I, don't, I would feel about distance version. I don't think they're doing version. it right now. Yeah. I can't. A lot they of it's can't. very, like, physical, too. Physical, 100%. And, like, yeah. face-to-face interactions. Yeah, yeah, but it was very intense and... Um, so uh, a lot from that, I actually learned some of a routine for for how to. Mm. It's very very basic uh, sort of of what um, what we learned at Peter's class of kind of getting in your body, uh, you know the the imagining the dot at the base of your uh, yeah. heel, drawing in, you know all that kind of um, work to get in your body. So I do some of that. I have to say I don't do it as much, or I I don't. I wish I, I had more of a routine and I actually have just recently looked back at the papers that we received after that and I'm mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting back into that that process but yeah that's something of what um, I also try to do before an audition or self-tape some yeah. kind of body work yes, kind of, <laughs> yeah getting falling into your body type deal yeah yeah I I wonder, I would be so curious to see some of your work from first year. And you, you're probably like mortified watching it. I even feel that way. But just because I, I can only imagine the kind of growth you experienced after going through that program. I mean, I remember I, I only saw your work in second year because that's when I met you. Um, and this is zero shade to your, your year because you had a very talented year. At least like a lot of people were phenomenal. Yeah. And to me you always stood like leagues above them like I'm not (laughs) I know (laughs) I'm not and that makes me sound like maybe a dick to the rest of them but they're super talented too that's just how talented (laughs) I always thought you were like I was like sweet of you thank you (laughs) I'm like so I I was like your biggest fan I was like I want to be her I want to be her friend like (laughs) thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I don't know I I feel like um um that having that course definitely it changed my work for a second year it changed my mm-hmm. I mean honestly it changed my world like my entire um idea of who I thought I was and I think it was a lot of it because of um sort of learning where I hold on to things and and hold on to my voice um yeah I, I always get it stuck <laughs> in the jaw and the oh throat. really oh yeah uh, yeah I have a lot of the throat thing especially when um we worked through you know what was really difficult in that in that course we worked through uh speaking while you're crying i know that sounds crazy because peter I, made me do that i was like sobbing was so, and he was yeah. like finish the scene and i was like well <laughs> yeah yeah i know i know I've, I've been such a mess in his class it was crazy oh my god <laughs> but it was the best it was the best. It was the best. I, I, I wouldn't, I would not have, yeah, I wouldn't have changed a thing. But yeah, I agree. I think, I always say this about Humber. Um, I wouldn't do it now. I wouldn't do it. But it was exactly what I needed in the moment to get me Absolutely. introduced to what the world of acting is. And I'm so thankful yeah. for that. Because, and even just introduced me to the work of Linklater, um, the, the voice work that, that we mm-hmm. did in, um, uh, in uh in class with peter yeah i think that was the class that served me the most for sure yeah i think everyone kind of you know not every style is for everyone right and what Mm -hmm. i loved about that pro it just sounds like we're doing an ad for humber (laughs) but what i loved about it was a little bit whatever do it go to humber but like probably not right now (laughs) Um, right now (laughs) But I love that we were just introduced to so many different styles and like so many mm-hmm. different methods. And because mm-hmm. not, you know, Meisner might not work for you. Meisner uh-huh. might be the best thing in the world for you. And mm-hmm. everyone's different and everyone connects to material and connects to themselves in a different way. 100%. So learning a little bit of everything, I found myself like when I stopped getting stuck on like, because I'm a perfectionist. So I felt myself being I like, this. I have to do it exactly the way they laid the method out for me. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got past that and I was like, you know what? I love this part of Uta Hagen. I don't love that part. You know, I love this part of Chubbuck. This one, it seems like a waste of my time. It doesn't really do much for me. And 
uh, when I started like kind of cherry picking like the things that work the most for me from mm-hmm. every technique, like that's when I felt like I found more growth. Yeah. And now I do, I want to go back and be like, okay, was I just like too dense and not getting this stuff? Like I have all the books still. I want to go back and like do some of these exercises and like, you know, find more value in a bit of everything. But yeah, it's a great jumping off point. Totally. And yeah, you know, I, I found, I found that, I find that very, um, relatable. I think that that's a lot about how I felt, um, I felt a lot like that and I think also I mean looking back I feel like I didn't um some of it was like oh I'm gonna like do like I want to do it exactly and perfectly and this and that and I want to get I want to be told that I'm good you know and I think that was also (laughs) a huge thing you know Um, yeah. <laughs> I just want to hear the good stuff, but I feel that's such I, an actor thing. It's <laughs> just tell me I'm thing. perfect. <laughs> just tell me that you uh, that you cried a little bit when I cried. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I felt like we I was stuck on that a lot, and again, it was because I was brand new to the idea of like what it meant to be an actor. But yeah. now I think now I. And I didn't get a lot of negative feedback, but now looking back, I'm like, I wish they would have freaking told me that this was shitty, you know, because then that I can, there's a place to go from there, you know, when you like, you and I'm not good. saying they were like, well, what do I, how do I, I wasn't, <laughs> how do I good? criticize no, her? <laughs> I definitely wasn't too good. Believe me. <laughs> I, I look back on things. I'm like, I definitely would have told myself this was not okay. Or, and again, I, and it mm. totally is because it's, um, it's me looking at me and you know we're self-critical to the death but um yeah I definitely do wish that um I would have been looking more for negative feedback you know because I would get good feedback and I'd be like thanks but I wouldn't go back and be like hey but what do you mean by I did this good like what what do you think about this other thing that maybe Mm -hmm. they didn't think and they're like oh you know why looking like now that you bring that up yeah that makes sense uh maybe try working on this you know I never really seeked past the validation. And I think that that can be a negative thing that a lot of actors can get um, used to is like just hearing the good stuff and being like, amazing, I'm great, and I'm going to move on, you know, as opposed to being like, okay, I'm amazing, I'm great, but like what about this other stuff that you maybe mm. didn't think about? I want some feedback on that, you know? I can't relate. I got a lot of negative feedback. But it made no, me better. Me. I I also got I also got a lot of negative feedback. I used to have like anxiety attacks before like any scene for Maria. Oh. Yeah. I just yeah. I was like, please, just like once, tell me you like what I did. I know. Honestly, yeah. The thing is, I I felt that way too. <laughs> I felt that way too. <laughs> please. All right. Just tell so me moving good. on from to things that people who did not go to our school would understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I've noticed, uh, well, I haven't really seen you since before all of this pandemic stuff. Yeah. Um, your voice is different. Is it? It is. I feel like your, um, your accent is like gone or, or more like watered down than, than before. Less pronounced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, I, that's an interesting thing you bring up, um, Funny enough, when I um, when I first moved to Canada um, mm-hmm. from Mexico, for anybody who doesn't know, <laughs> um, I uh, I did have an accent, and it was in it because I'd never gone a full day speaking English. You know, I mm-hmm. my mom's Canadian. Um, she spoke to us in English at uh, um, at home, but we would always reply in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would spoke it in school, but it wasn't something that was like, again, I didn't speak every day. I didn't speak it all the time. So when I came here, I think I just wanted to fit in so badly that I would just mimic a lot of how the other girls would speak. So I started speaking a lot like this. And Okay, where did you move it. to? Well, I, well, actually, I moved to Ajax, but I had a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, like, the, the friends that I ended up making friends with uh were um I mean I think that's just how teenage girls speak in general you know there was a lot of like 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 you know saying like every two seconds and I had to 
my my mom actually had to talk to me and be like hey you're speaking a lot like these other girls and it's not a negative thing but like yeah but keep it you know keep your i don't know keep yourself you know keep yeah yeah, I don't know. She had to, well, never had to, but she did. I remember her talking to me and being like, hey, you can always have your own way of speaking, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think from when I uh, when I first moved here, it was my goal to assimilate. And I think that's what happens with a lot of immigrant kids is that they yeah. come to their to the, you know, to a new country and, and they try to assimilate as much as possible. So... I mean, every kid wants to fit in, right? Yeah. And then yeah, when you're coming 100%. from a completely different country, I can only imagine, like, how much more different you feel. Yeah. And, I mean, it's the it's the easy thing to do, really. Mm-hmm. But it's also the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Um, because you can also, um, uh, I don't know, I guess you can forget a lot about um, who you are. <laughs> Uh, trying to assimilate to other people but in any case I think I mean I um I speak English here I with my boyfriend he doesn't speak Spanish so I still continue to I still try to at least have um to have a better uh accent really to speak Mm -hmm. in a uh, in a way that is untraceable Mm -hmm. um but I think in that aspect, I've also sometimes, um, I don't know, I don't know how to speak Spanish anymore, you know? And, and I do, of course, I speak Spanish, but I don't speak in a way that is... Um, uh, like a native. Like, like a native anymore, which is kind yeah. of like a sad thing. Um, and also... I think you'll get it back. Like, I mean, 100%. My I, mom, I speak when with... she... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go. <laughs> no, oh, no, my no, mom, she'll like... <laughs> when she's hasn't been to Austria in a long time um she goes back and our cousins will roast her like you sound Canadian and then within like a week they're like okay you're Austrian again like (laughs) (laughs) yeah we hear you (laughs) a hundred percent and I think that's a I think that's what a lot of people find themselves um that situation they find themselves in as well a, a lot and um but yeah I feel like in that I in that sense I my voice has always been something that I have disliked um what yeah and I think it was because um I mean even right now I still struggle with this I had an audition recently for a kids tv show and uh Mm -hmm. for like a cartoon um and uh it was for playing a mother of a of a of a kid yeah and um I just like looked at it and I'm like, I don't sound like a mother. I sound like the kid, you know? And I feel like <laughs> that's something that I've always kind of thought about myself is just like, well, I'm not like, I'm not strong enough. I'm not woman enough. I'm like, I feel like a kid or, you know, I, I, that's something that I think came up a lot in my work um, with like at the voice intensive and in, just in general as something that constantly mm. comes up with me. And I think that just has to do a lot with um, what it is to feel be a woman maybe I mean that's my experience Mm. I can't speak for everybody but I think that uh finding strength is a huge um it's a huge thing and a huge struggle for me um and feeling like I'm strong enough so I feel like um with my voice I've had to to constantly struggle about about that you know being like am I woman enough am I do I sound like a woman and kind of just letting go of that can also be something that's really relieving and being like, well, a woman can sound like anything, you know? Yeah, you are a woman. <laughs> I am so a woman. however I you can, sound, sounds I, like a woman. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, um, but, I, you know, that's just something that uh, comes up whenever I'm doing self-exploration or I have in the past. I don't know if that would be something I would do now, if that would be something that would come up, but that has come up yeah. in the past. So, yeah. It's interesting that you talk about my voice because that's something that um, lately has gotten me a lot of opportunities through voice work. Yeah. Um, But also something that I struggle a lot with. (laughs) And feeling like you do have a unique voice. So I I can see that working well for you in voice work. Yeah, yeah. It has has been helpful. Um, And a lot of the opportunities, that's another thing that I've, I've been, I struggle with sometimes because. 
I am Latina. You know, I was born and raised in Mexico. And mm -hmm. that is a huge part of my identity. That is my identity. Yeah. But um, I, I have been getting sent out a lot for um, Latina roles. And, I, and there's a part of me that feels guilty because I'm not a visible minority you, you know are. i am i am i'm i'm a white chicken you are latina <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> is what they call it the white chicken um you know i've never I'm, heard that <laughs> yeah they say that a lot in mexico about white chickens uh but <laughs> so I, I am you know I, i'm not a visible uh minority um so i do that's something that i'm like well i don't want to take the job away from somebody who who looks like it, you know, um, in terms but, of... But, I mean, you're, you're shooting yourself down there too, right? Because yeah. I, did, I did think of this with Carlos's project that we were both involved in, and I wondered, mm -hmm. um, and I do, I met another girl through acting class who's um, half Chinese. Mm -hmm. She doesn't look it. Yeah. So she'll get sent out for roles of, like, okay, Chinese 20-something, and she shows mm -hmm. up, and they're like, they just give her the look you know oh yeah believe me I've had so it's like they're times. already gonna shoot you down mm -hmm. maybe you know I, I'm yeah. just saying that the possibilities there they're looking for a Latina you walk in they're already gonna it's so it's not like mm. you got to take any opportunity you can right I'm like if you're you know they're looking for someone like of a different culture you are of that culture Mm -hmm. whether or not you look it like it's authentic to you you know if it, you can still relate to that experience you can still speak in spanish like it's mm -hmm. um so yeah. i mean if, if it's good enough for them it's good like totally uh, and that is i mean and i know and you're right you're totally right and that is you know i know in my heart and i know and i know in general that um i am that you know that is my identity mm -hmm. that is who I am and not only because I identify as that because that but that's because that's what I am you know yeah and um but yeah it's interesting because um I have been in the room I have gone in for a Latina role and I look around and I'm like no one looks like me and that's okay because I want them to be represented mm -hmm. on screen because um you know uh I don't suffer a lot of the um um prejudice yeah, uh, that a Latina woman would would normally um, experience because of the color of my skin and that's something I'm very very aware of and I know that I'm I have uh, mm -hmm. that is a very privileged position to be in but yeah it's interesting because I I also don't I have very rarely seen people on screen being represented as someone like me someone who is something but is not does not look like it anymore or doesn't look it I mean and that's a valuable representation too though 100%. if you can it show is. other white skins like <laughs> hey I'm on I'm on tv we're being represented right like why yeah. is every Latina looks you know like the stereotypical latina look like mm -hmm. i think it would be amazing to have you know someone like you in the role to show little girls growing up in mexico who are white like hey like <laughs> yeah that it's it's me, me. And, i'm on tv yeah, <laughs> she looks totally. like me she sounds like me you know a hundred percent yeah and you, yeah you're right that and that but that's something that i struggle with because mm. i because i don't again i um i'm aware of that ability and that privilege that i have to not look yeah. like something and not be judged because of it instantly because that's what I look like. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that's another another important thing to talk about, you know, being um, being somebody that is a non-visible minority, feeling like they don't fit in um, is a huge thing yeah. to talk about, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I've, I've seen enough of it. Um, mm -hmm. there's like where I used to live I got really close with uh, the people in my building they're like family to me and mm -hmm. I'll never forget it broke my heart uh, one of my neighbors came to me and she was some of them got bullied really bad at school I mean kids are dicks that's not surprising yeah but she was just she's mixed and mm -hmm. she came to me one day and said I, I have no friends and she was like so upset and she's crying and she said you know uh she had just like I think she had switched over to middle school or something um mm -hmm. and basically you know 
the the she wasn't black enough to hang out with the black girls she wasn't white enough to hang out with the white girls and she just kind of had nobody and Mm -hmm. um she had said basically like there was two other mixed girls and they had each picked a side and like assimilated and I think she didn't want to change who she was to kind of fit in and she is like an oddball and I love her for it and I think like I wish kids would understand that being different and being unique will serve you so much more in life Mm -hmm. than fitting in Mm-hmm. you know she's artistic yeah. she's an amazing artist like she draws she's like super dope kid but like just because other kids don't appreciate it I don't know but it just it's stuff like that it breaks my heart and it's like yeah. it's rough to not like I mean I can only imagine like to feel like you kind of don't fully belong to either side anything yeah and that's it that is very um very much of what I feel a lot of the time um, and it is that like I'm not Mexican enough because I don't because um, I'm not you know I'm not Mexican enough because I don't look it and I'm not but you um, are you live there because you moved here at 13 right yeah I was 13 you I'm were there 13. more than half of your life yeah yeah the majority of my so life weird. I spent there but it doesn't you know uh, yeah <laughs> I it's interesting but yeah I feel that way I, I, I totally identify with that feeling of like feeling like you don't fit in because you're not too much of this and you're not too much of that. You're sort of in the middle. And mm-hmm. um, I, as I've grown um, older and I've, like, reflected more, like, I've, I have realized that that's something that's a beneficial thing to me because, because it makes me who I am and it makes me unique. Yeah, so that's something that I've learned. But I think... Um, yeah I mean even growing up in Mexico I stuck out like a sore thumb I was blonde <laughs> uh when at the time I was very blonde yeah, yeah. I had blue eyes very pale skin freckles yeah. like nobody in Mexico knew what freckles were people would try like to the tourist them. lost her kid like yeah yeah like people would come to, come up to me and like lick their thumb and try to scrub the dirt off my oh face oh my you god know? yeah like <laughs> no uh, <laughs> uh so uh yeah stop it's supposed to be there it's supposed to be there (laughs) it's a little bit of melanin it's fine (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but yeah so I I when I was there I never felt like I could fit in because I was wasn't white I mean I was white but then I moved here and then I'm like but I have this this identity that is very much me and everybody knows about it so I also felt different about that yeah. So then I wanted to fit in and be whiter, you know. Yeah. So, um, but now it's sort of I've been trying to find that balance, and I haven't been back to Mexico City where I grew up in for over five years, and that's something oh, that wow. I, yeah, I I want to go back so badly just because I've talked to this about this with my sister a lot. It's just like I feel like I've let, um, I never got to experience Mexico City as an adult. I never got yeah. to. Um, I still speak 13-year-old Spanish, you know? I didn't... Yeah. My Spanish didn't evolve further than that. I still say things that... The slang that used to, you know, be a thing in 2011. Yeah, 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 yeah. And people are like, oh, I haven't heard that in a while. (laughs) You know? So um, I never got the opportunity to experience Mexico as an adult. Mm -hmm. And I know that with that would come a lot of challenges because um, specifically... um, there's a lot of um, really horrible things that happen to women in Mexico. Uh, there's a huge problem with um, they've they've even coined the term femicide. Uh, with mm-hmm. they kill women at an insane rate, and and it's just because they are women, and it's yeah. horrible. Um, so that I know that that would also come with uh, some challenging and uh, feelings. Yeah, to to go back and experience Mexico as a as a woman, but uh, but I think that you know when I'm ready, I think that'll be something that will be very much worth exploring. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Like get to know your hometown as as an adult, right? Yeah, you get Being to experience to it in a different way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Although ideally, yeah. like, still not alone. But. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not alone, yeah. Traveling in, in packs. <laughs> yeah. I do want to go back to the privilege thing real quick. Um, yeah. And I, I, I was literally, I was just thinking about this, like, a few days ago. That's why um, mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Shocker. <Same. laughs> um, and there was one where, you know, 
they're talking like and, and race issues came up and everything mm-hmm. and the one woman said something along the lines of um it's important to recognize your privilege and like you should mm-hmm. um but you don't have to feel bad for it a hundred percent right you didn't yeah. you didn't create the system that means that you know you're not judged as harshly as other latin people who don't you know necessarily like blend in in canada as well um you know you didn't create the system like that and and there are you know still ways in which you are lacking privilege uh because of your roots and because of being a woman and because of this or that um (laughs) so i think it's like it's super important to recognize like i had this moment uh the other night i was like walking my dog at one in the morning which is like (laughs) not brilliant but at least he's a pit bull um i mean he's not a pit bull (laughs) of course not um but i saw like a bunch of police like something Mm -hmm. obviously was going down there was like five cop cars i'm seeing like 10 to 15 officers Mm -hmm. and i was just like i felt comforted and i was like man like that says something that i'm walking by you know like 10 15 cops and I'm like oh I feel safer you know Mm -hmm. because I had seen like some shadier people and I'm like oh good the cops are here and like yeah there are a lot of people who have the complete opposite reaction and I recognize Uh that like that is a privilege for me to see police and feel safer um and for a second I was like man like fuck that sucks Mm -hmm. um but I didn't you know I didn't create that system and I can recognize that and like use that knowledge to try and you know um be better and like make sure that other people are safe in you know situations but Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna like walk around feeling guilty all the time because of that just like you know my brother like he can walk around at 1 a.m and not be concerned at all it's because he's (laughs) you know a six foot tall male (laughs) And, and i don't know we all have like the the pluses and downsides to being of any demographic i guess and some have more pluses and some have more negatives yeah i think what that's a really good point and i think that um i think a big thing is is and that's exactly what it is we it's hard to it's hard because you want to use it and you want to be aware of it to make Mm -hmm. change but you don't want it to to be something that you yeah you feel constantly um hurt by yeah um i was just recently talking to my sister about um i think there's a podcast that's even about this as well (laughs) Uh, but we were talking about how sometimes we feel um uh like bad feminists you know and it's just like what a like what a thing for us to feel that we feel so inadequate that we even feel inadequate at being a feminist you know like yeah that we are told so many times that like a woman should be like a specific way so much so that you even feel inadequate at at representing what you want to represent (laughs) you know i've had this conversation with so many of my girlfriends yeah yeah i'm a yeah there's no right or wrong way but you know (laughs) i think that's what i think that's what that uh feminism um podcast was like i think that's how they start their their podcast it's like i'm a feminist but and then they say something like one time i was uh running around the um i was at a uh, a woman's march and i really need to pee so i stopped at a at a um at a store and I ended up getting distracted by all the perfume bottles that when I went outside, <laughs> nobody, like, nobody was there, you know, anymore. So it's kind That's of like so that. that yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like. So what makes you think you're a bad feminist? Yeah. And it's like, wow, like, we need to stop feeling like trying to feel inadequate about everything, you know? And I think that's another huge thing is that when we start feeling that inadequacy that's something that's something that um that moves with you and continues on Mm -hmm. and and that would potentially be something that we we um give to our children you know and then our children feel bad and then that just like it just affects generations so yeah uh it's yeah it's interesting you say that because i think it can be very damaging to Mm -hmm. to have that feeling of um of constant inadequacy 
but we should also you know again it's kind of that struggle of like feeling like oh, I don't want to feel this constantly because it's only going to affect me negatively but I also think that I need to use this as something that can help others and lift everybody else's voices Absolutely. up you know and I mean that is a struggle and that is something that I mean even that is even a privilege in and of itself to feel like you have that you have that responsibility in the first place yeah Yeah, exactly so yeah it's interesting and you're right it's all like plus plus negative negative you know like it kind of brings you up and then you're sort of like in it makes everybody be in a hierarchy of of um, yeah you know yeah uh privileges (laughs) yeah versus you know yeah it's interesting it's interesting well we're fuck like that's I think, uh, especially in this industry, because um, it's it's easier to you know categorize people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're not like a major role, they're like, okay, this person has three lines. Like, we're gonna say, uh, you know, middle aged mother who's a waitress or something. Yeah. Like, you know, it's <laughs> like it's very they're very descriptive, and they put yeah. you in this neat little box. And yeah. like, people don't belong in neat little boxes. People have like so many different aspects to who they are. So. Uh-huh. Like we're like I've I've come across this a few times of it's like check your privilege checklist and it's like okay are you um, a person of color are you uh, do you belong to the queer community like mm-hmm. are you a woman are you this age are you that like and it's just like it's all so complicated and I think yeah. it gets focused on um, in unhealthy ways yeah yeah it can definitely get to that point for sure and I think. Um, I don't know. I think labels are important, but they're also very destructive. So I think it's important to to have, find a balance, you know. And I think that's why um, um, things such like a, as gender nonconforming or or mm-hmm. um, non-binary as a thing. It's because it's like I don't want to f- be put in a box. Like why can't I just be in the middle and be whatever yeah. I want whenever I want, you know? Yeah. And that's like that's those are the types of things that I. Yeah, that I, that I think that are necessary, you know, those, those mm-hmm. kind of like in between and being like, I don't want to be yeah. put anywhere. I just want to be given a, the opportunity to, to be a mm-hmm. person and that's it. <laughs> yeah. And then conversely, but, there's yeah. people who are like, oh, when I found this label, you know, when I realized, um, uh, you know, gender non-binary exists, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I felt so much like. I felt accepted yeah. I felt like I understood myself better so it's it like opened up so many I doors. think if the label helps you like use it uh-huh. but like if it's if you're stressing out trying to find a fucking label for yourself maybe it doesn't matter maybe yeah. you just are or you don't force and people just do you. to find their their label when they oh God, don't yeah. have one you know or they yeah. don't, don't want to they haven't figured it out yet you know yeah, yeah. it's very interesting that whole labels <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I am being wary of time here. Unfortunately, this has completely flown by. Um, I am, uh, curious to know (laughs) if there is a dream role, like what is one, one role that you could be offered that you would be over the moon about? You know, I, 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 like, I feel like everybody asks you that question and that's something that I'm always thinking about because I, I get asked it so much. Mm. Um, and I don't really necessarily have an answer, but just mm. recently I realized that one day I want to play a real life person because I think that would be a whole challenging thing that I, that I have never experienced before with acting. What do you mean? Like playing like a, um, uh, I mean, like playing like a historical figure or somebody. Oh, who, yeah, yeah, like a person in time, in a specific oh, time. I love, I love. That's cool. I love. I would love that opportunity. Is there there's anything like, like in, in particular you would no, want to explore? There's no one in particular. Yeah, I am open to anything. <laughs> that's so um, cool. Yeah, I, I thought about that recently. I because I watched uh, the trial of the Chicago Seven, mm-hmm. and. Um, there's so many I mean they're all playing real life people um and I just I was just like that would be such an interesting thing to do to play 
yeah to like analyze somebody and like and sort of that that again that balance of like mimicking who they are but not really and also kind of playing around with the Bring possibilities yeah yeah <sighs> that's so cool yeah i think that's super attainable so yeah yeah that's awesome yeah yeah it's fun <laughs> uh is there anything you want to say in closing? Um, I mean, I would just say that, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, it's been really wonderful. Thank you for I, on. I love having uh, conversations. And I mean, I think these are the types of conversations that uh, every a lot of people are having. Mm-hmm. And they're conversations that need to be had. So, yeah, thank you mm-hmm. for thank you for that. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Um, so tell everyone where they can find you, like social media. Yeah. Um, um, management. So I, you can find me on Instagram. I don't have Twitter because that's <laughs> a hell hole. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would just get myself in trouble if I was on Twitter. There's yeah, no I have a I have a Twitter account, but I haven't used it in years. But I think like I used it when I was in. I don't know somewhere <laughs> when I was yeah, a kid <laughs> a child yeah. um but uh you can find me on Instagram uh that's usually where I'm I'm more, most active I think it's Danny Rowe MCB because somebody took Danny Romero so mm. <laughs> that's about it and um I mean I have an IMDB account uh or mm-hmm. profile you can look me up there Mandy all the little networking uh, websites I'm on that fantastic and I'll yeah. I'll link it all in the bio of the episode um, thank you. <laughs> but yeah thank you so much for coming on <laughs> thank you I appreciate right. it this was another episode of why not here <laughs> <laughs>